How They Train is brought to you by Pillar Performance. Pillar Performance's famous triple magnesium is finally back in stock. Triple magnesium is the product that I first bought from Pillar Performance and made me fall in love with and trust the brand. If you haven't tried it yet, you just need to. As an athlete, you'll never go to bed without taking triple magnesium 30 to 60 minutes beforehand again. You honestly just sleep so much better. And that means you wake up fresher to train and live your life. I personally was the world's worst sleeper and it literally changed everything for me. Not just my training, but because of how much more energy I had day to day as well. I combine it by using Pillars Ultra B Active with breakfast or like my pre-morning, my pre-morning training meal, which is for me is just some toast, um, which by the way, the same routine as Jan Fredino taking triple magnesium 30 to 60 minutes before bed and then Ultra B Active in the morning before he trains with food. And I've never had more energy for my morning training and it lasts longer than that. Like I'll get to 2 or 3 p.m. and still be feeling full of energy. Head to pillarperformance.shop to get some for yourself or just Google Pillar Performance. The triple magnesium always sells out so fast. Like so many people have messaged me, messaged me asking like, hey, I hear you talk about it, but I haven't been able to buy it because it's not actually available online. So it's finally back in stock. It came into stock a few days ago. Get in while you can. If you're just getting one tab, one tub of triple magnesium, use the code HTT10 for $10 off it. Or if you're getting multiple tubs or getting some Ultra B Activists on the side or any other products on the side, then use the code HTT20 for 20% off your order just because it works out a little bit cheaper. It's free shipping when you spend over $80, by the way. All these details, because they're a bit confusing like that, will be in the show notes for you to go and check out. Patrick Lang, two times Ironman world champion, former Ironman world champs course record holder and the first man to go sub eight hours at Kona. Welcome to How They Train. Patrick, you're known for a few things, but one of them is your run. Without question, everyone pitches Patrick Lang running when they pitch a Patrick Lang. You won both your world champs because of it and recently set the marathon record in an Ironman in two hours, 30 minutes and 30 seconds. Can you take us inside? How do you... How do you run so fast? What training do you do to run so fast? Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's that's a great introduction. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think I, I grew up with running. You know, my dad uh, used to be a marathon runner. And um, um, when I was 10, 11 years old, like I, I always looked up to him and his running squad, he, uh, the training group, I liked to see that they meet like three, four times a week and have different um, training sessions and do it together. So um, I, I just grew up with, with the standing on the side of the um, running races and watching and uh, was inspired by that and um, wanted to be uh, one of them. And uh, finally, when, when my dad decided to take me, uh, uh, for a run with him when when I was I think it was twelve years old, um, yeah it just felt felt amazing. It, uh, it felt a little bit like flying for me. So um, I was falling in love with running from from the very, very first run I ever did. And um, yeah, then I got to athletics club and started yeah racing and um, 
pretty soon um, all the coaches they they realize, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not talented uh, in 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 many other sports. Like I, I never could like throw anything or could jump really high. But if I if it uh, came down to to distance and um, to do something for longer time, I was always one of the best or the best. And of course, um, this feeling also kept me uh, like into it. And um, yeah, then then everything started. So since you've sort of become known as one of the best runners in triathlon, sort of you really broke onto the scene, obviously in 2016, when you ran a 239 at Kona and ran into third place and overtook pretty much everyone in the race. And then the next two years, you, you won both races, you know, largely still off the back of just running so much better than everyone else at the race. Is the way you were training at that period, so 2016, 17, 18, the same as how you still train your run right now? And now it changed. Um, I think the sport in general changed over the last couple of years um, pretty pretty drastically. Um, I think the races that we did, did in 2016, 17, they were definitely different to the races, to the dynamics in the races that we we have right now. And um, to be honest, I uh, I didn't work on on the run like this specifically. Um, I always um, uh, thought that uh, the the, the biggest um, discipline to improve is my bike, um, my bike performance. So um, I I worked the most uh, uh, on that. And um, this also, uh, uh, yeah, uh, had a massive impact in, in how I run, because obviously, um, I'm a stronger bike rider now than in 2016 uh, or 17 as well. And um, I maybe can change, uh, um, uh, save my legs a little bit more for, for a faster run. So um, no, my, my run training um, uh, didn't change that much. And um, to, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm also not a big mileage guy, so I don't run like 150 kilometers an hour uh, a week so it's more of a, a 70 to 80k week um and um uh, the, the the running i feel uh yeah comes comes naturally to me so what i what i really work on is um, I'm swimming and biking with with the main focus i can't wait to expand more on what exactly you do with your with your bike riding and your, and your swimming, particularly your bike riding. I'm really excited to hear how you evolved your training there to become the world-class cyclist you are now versus you in your early career who wasn't exactly the best cyclist in pro triathlon or, or even really close. But just sticking to the running um, for, for, the, for the time being, you only run 70 to 80 kilometers a week and yet you're the fastest marathon runner in Ironman triathlon history or triathlon history, what does that 70 or 80 kilometers a week look like? What's it made up of? What does a, a typical 70 to 80 kilometer week look like for you? In my opinion, it's really, it's really boring. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a long run. It's um, like an, an aerobic, uh, like slowish uh, run. I run between like four minutes and uh, four, four, ten. 
uh, per kilometer. And then we have um, uh, one run that has like longer uh, intervals um, at, at Ironman race pace. So around 230 to uh, 330 to 340 in this range for like, let's say three times 10 minutes. And then I have uh, another run this uh, in a week that's that's uh, a little bit faster with uh, like uh, two to three minutes intervals at um, at three fifteen to three twenty pace, and um, yeah, uh, maybe a brick run forty five minutes, and then that's it. Like four to five uh, run sessions a week. And nothing, really nothing spectacular. Um, but what I think makes makes a big difference is um, that that uh, we we worked on the technique so hard and and improved that to be to become really, really efficient. Um, we we've been working for uh, on that for almost uh, fifteen years now to to be super efficient and to to feel uh, a lot when I'm when running. and I think this, this may plays a, a, a big big role in, in in how I race at the end. When you say you've worked for fifteen years on your technique and your efficiency yeah. when you run, what are the few things that you've done specifically in in uh, that work um, that mean you are such a strong runner and and like I've said, arguably the best marathon runner in the sport that we've ever seen, despite doing quite a lot less total volume than a lot of guys that you're racing. Um, so there, there are a lot of things. It's like, uh, it's like a symphony of, of all that, uh, details you, you need to put that together. And I think that the biggest, um, uh, game changer is, uh, to, to be able to, uh, visualize yourself. Uh, how you run and how how your position is like um how's your head position how's your shoulder how's your chest how's your hip uh what what is what what are your ankles doing so it's more like a scan like when i'm running i always like scan my body from from head to toe all the time it, it's it goes up and down up and down it's like a visualization of um seeing me how to run and have like um, a proper image in how I want to look like when I'm running and um, yeah this visualization happens uh, uh, all the time it also keeps me um, um, yeah thinking and and so I'm not distracted so I'm 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 actually running the fastest uh, uh, that I can and all the time uh, trying to visualize that and is that in training and in races? So every time you go out the, the door for a, a run, whether it's a session, a long run, an easy run, and then on race day, like whether you're doing a, a smaller local race or running in the lead at the Ironman World Championships, when we see Patrick Lang run, is that what's going through your head the whole time? Uh, not in every run, no, no. I also like to to go out with friends and and have an easy run and talk and, and chat and don't think about anything, but... As soon as I um, have a, a specific set, um, uh, that's definitely what's what's happening. Yeah, it's like uh, 
the let's say if I run faster than three um, uh, fifty per kilometer, then I start um, doing that. Patrick, have you had a, a coach throughout your professional triathlon career, and ha- has it been the same person the whole way through? If so, oh, I um, absolutely. I worked with uh, Faris Al Sultan. Um, and from 2016 to 2019, um, a big influence uh, on my career, Ferris, um, definitely, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, made me uh, or, or introduced me into um, Ironman racing, and he he was a massive help. And from 2020 on, I, uh, I'm working with Bjorn Gesman, who was also the, the, the coach of Cat uh, Matthews, for example. And um, he has the more scientific approach um, to things versus Cyrus was more like of, um, let's say, old school uh, uh, coaching style. And um, no, I'm with Bjorn and it's 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 great uh, i loved uh, i love working with him and um he also elevated my my performance um to to another level and i'm i'm pretty happy with with the coaches um uh, that i that i've been able to work with so yeah i want to dive deep on this and like the differences between the two styles and um, how you were training versus how you are training now so let's touch on what we were speaking about earlier in 2016 when you came third at the Ironman World Championships and most people who had never heard of Patrick Lang suddenly knew who you were when you crossed the finish line at Kona, ran, running through the field, running 239, crying because you're so happy and, and, and <laughs> surprised and probably feeling every emotion in the world. You weren't the yeah. strongest cyclist in world triathlon then. You, you would admit that. You'd had a few good rides. You were getting better for sure. Like, um, but, but you were still very much known as one of the best runners in the world who, if he was there on the run, you know, was a real threat. But people were still looking at you as someone they could get away from on the bike to then you winning the Ironman World Championships in 2017 and putting yourself in a much better position and, and you know, riding as strong as most people in, in, that, in that race and sort of riding through the field a little bit towards the end as well. What changed in 2016 to 2017 to, to make you such a stronger cyclist? Um, yeah, obviously we knew that um, my run performance was was uh, good, and uh, we we are maybe also sec- um, able to sacrifice a little bit um, from the runs. So when I started with Ironman racing um, uh, back in 2016, um, I my my body weight was about 59, 60 kilos, so I was really really light and. Um, um, Ferris made me do uh, like seriously proper lifting, and he said also, um, "I want you uh, not to have any uh, a caloric deficit." So he, yeah, also it might sound silly, but he made me eat a lot and um, um, uh, drank protein shakes uh, uh, almost after every uh um uh, session that we have we did we did lifting we i did like squats and and all that to to uh get more power and um get a little bit heavier and um looking back this this was a big game changer for me like um i had i had more energy um i felt stronger and even if i gained 
three to five kilos, um, depending on the time of the year. Um, I, I felt stronger in the swim. I felt stronger on the bike. And I also even felt stronger on the run, which I um, before wasn't um, thinking that, that, that this would, would ha happen because I always thought oh, lighter is faster, but that's obviously not um, the case. So um, that was one of the big um, uh, changes, I think, that, that um, um, yeah, brought me a lot of um, uh, uh, yeah, power on the bike. Yeah. And were there other changes in your in the way you actually cycled and and did your cycling training, or was it all the same? And yeah. and that was the only real difference. No, no, there. I mean, there are much more uh, details. And uh, for example, um, I was uh, riding on a on a different brand in 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 fourteen and fifteen, and comparing the watts, um, I. Of, of course, I was able to write whatever 20 watts or, or 10 watts uh, in average more on the 7.3. But as soon as I um, had my Canyon bike, I had a proper bike fit, um, a few years later, uh, the wind tunnel um, uh, testing, et cetera, um, that also made yeah, made a, a, a just a, a, a big difference. So um, if I compare now the, the power data from 2014 to 2017, um, it got more, but comparable slightly more. Uh, but the, 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 the bike was, <laughs> was so much faster. So um, putting uh, the effort in being arrow uh, was 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 definitely um, uh, a big um, change for me, and I mean it's that's also just a small puzzle of of the details. Um, I came from a, a physical therapist job, so um, I did my uh, studies full day, a uh, full time uh, studies from 2010 to 2013. So I was racing as a pro, but I wasn't a real pro. Before I was in the army for um, for two years, racing as a pro, but again, full-time job, not really a pro. And um, also in, in uh, after my studies, 2014 and 2015, um, I was working as a physio. So I never had the chance to fully commit and focus on, on, on triathlon. And um, when I changed uh, coaches to, to Ferris, um, he really helped me to, uh, to, to set up my professional life. Um, because in Germany, it's not so easy. You have to sort out your, your health insurance and all that. Um, um, pinch and stuff and you know it's 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 not so easy and he was um, a big help in that and when I got into the 2016 season committed that I will be doing my first ever Ironman at, at Ironman Texas uh, um, I was 
a professional for the first time in my life and, and could focus on recovery, re, uh, could focus on uh, a, a proper diet, not in between patients for like five minutes, grab some something uh, and um, um, yeah, you know, do the little things right. And um, yeah, so this, this definitely was a big part of the puzzle. It happened pretty quickly then, didn't it? Like I know it was a long, a long build up for, for before that year, before that 2016 year. And I know you struggled and 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 were like a, a trying to make it pro for a long time. But then once you actually did go full time, like you dominated that race at Texas that day. You won by about like eight minutes, maybe even more. Maybe it was more like ten minutes, but off my memory, it was about eight minutes, and it was a high quality field. And um, mm-hmm. and then 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 your performance at Kona, and then the next two years, like. It really was. It went some, from sort of like working part time to wow. Suddenly, this guy's the best in the world, and and it was just because you made the decision to go full time or had the capability to go full time. Yeah, it was a big, <laughs> big surprise for me as well. Uh, to to be honest, but you you cannot count out. Of course, I I trained my my whole life more or less, and um, uh, always had this dream and. Even if you ask me as a as a child when I first came into uh, uh, into the, the 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 sport of triathlon, obviously inspired by uh, Thomas Hellriegel, um, Norman Stadler, Ferris Alsultan winning this race, it was always always my dream to go to the Big Island and um, be at this race. Now, not to say that I want to win this race, but I mean that that obviously always dreamed about Kona and um, uh, always had this, 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 this feeling deep down inside of me that uh, if I will be good at something, it's going to be Ironman racing. So um, yeah, I, it, it was more also like that I was unleashed and I was finally able to to follow my real dream and uh, it, it just felt natural to to be at at uh, an Ironman race and um, I remember when I'm, I was running in Texas I always had the voice of Ferris in the back of my mind that he said like oh, as soon as you hit kilometer 30 it will uh, 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 sting like a scorpion, and you will be uh, experiencing the <laughs> the biggest pain you ever you ever felt. And this feeling never uh, came in. It, it just felt great, actually, <laughs> as great as you can feel in an Ironman. Don't get me wrong, but um, I mean, obviously, leading this race and um, uh, uh, gave me so much power, and it, it it felt it felt natural. You know what I mean? It's it, it's yeah something i've always loved about you is is what i'm just hearing now through my headphones is your your passion and your love for the sport and it's infectious like from everyone when when they when you first came into the tv screens in 2016 you're just an infectious guy you love the sport you're you're so happy to be there you're you're a guy who kills yourself and and like absolutely kills yourself to win but you do it with that infectious smile on your face and 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 you just love being out there on the race course and i mean i wonder how much of of your ability to hurt yourself on the run and 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 put yourself in in like through pain that that most people can't is just because you love it I think it's a big part, isn't it? Like, um, 
it, it's it's yeah it it sets out so much more power uh if if you if you have to force yourself then if you have to force yourself into uh into do uh, uh what you what you do right just going back quickly to to the specifics that we were we were talking about before patrick you're cycling in 2016 when you when you came third at the at the world championships and then you made the the changes with Ferris with with going to the gym and eating more and focusing on strength and and nailing your position and your bike can you sort of take me inside the way you did with your run week at that period in your career when you won your first Ironman World Championships in 2017 and you and Ferris decided you need to get better on the bike, what were your actual cycling weeks looking like? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a long time ago, um, but um, yeah, I think in total I – um, I was on the bike for, if I remember right, I need to look on into the Garmin data. Um, I think it was 15,300 kilometers that I was uh, riding throughout uh, the, the time in between Konas, so October to October. Um, and it was about uh, two and a half thousand kilometers more than I did in uh, 2016. And another two thousand kilometers more than uh, two thousand fifteen, or, or even three thousand kilometers. Not to say that kilometers are everything, but um, it just the volume uh, was definitely, definitely more. Um, we uh, included altitude training. Um, we uh, did, uh, yeah, specific. Um, race pace intervals um, we we worked on the nutrition um, uh, side of it um, obviously uh, as I mentioned Kenyon came in we reduced the CDA um, uh, massively so um, yeah on on the on the on the bike part uh, volume and race uh, specificity was was definitely um, a key for me in, in 2017 to, to elevate my, my bike game to, to the next level. And would you get that volume through frequency, like riding more times in a week, or would you get it through increasing the duration of specific rides? Like did your long ride suddenly become longer um, or, or was it sort of both? Were your long rides much longer and you were doing more of them, so you were doing more long rides throughout a week? Um. I think it was uh, um, uh, five five times a week riding, um, and uh, looking back, I always, um, also remember that we we definitely spent more time in in, in training camps. So uh, with a full focus, uh, I remember that um, going into Ironman Texas, I spent, I think, um, almost five weeks on the Canary Islands. And, um, uh, naturally, if you're in a training camp, you, you're doing more of everything, like more, more volume, more intensity. Um, and also you, you're, 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 you're focusing completely different on, um, on what you're doing. So, um, yeah, but um, looking back, I think, yeah, the volume definitely increased in, in every ride. So, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of more is more, don't get me wrong. But uh, looking back, like we, we, we were just able to, to increase um, 
increase that and uh, it helped. So at that time, in those training camps, in that year um, leading into you winning your first ever Ironman World Championships, how much weekly volume would you sort of do? Like I know you might know, not know specifically, but, but ballpark, what was an average week in, in terms of total hours for you? Um, <laughs> if you want to, I, I, I can look it up. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to check on Garmin Connect. We can edit so, out the break. Go uh, and look it up for sure. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, average, average is always a little bit different, but, um, yeah, in, in training basis, like, um, I'd say 450 to 550 kilometers. Um, is, I think it's appropriate um, uh, average if I was actually, you know, training. Um, if you not included with like recovery weeks or um, recovering from, from Ironman races, which was also a, a big difference for me. Like for, for two weeks after my first Ironman, I, I, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't able to train uh, uh, properly at all I, I took all the time i need to recover i was yeah taking it really really easy so um yeah if i look up october <laughs> 2017 i uh, yeah it's yeah i think 550 600 kilometers is a pretty pretty good guess yeah <laughs> it's a lot and then if you added your running and your swimming on top of that how many hours a week do you think you were doing in like your big training block leading into Kona? Oh yeah, a, b- a big training block, definitely 35 to, to 40 hours. Whew, wow, that's huge yeah. volume. But it, it's, not, it's just these, like let's say eight weeks leading into the, uh, to the Ironman race. So you would yeah. do eight weeks at 35 to 40 hours a week? Yes, sure. Wow, that's... Patrick, I like and let like that might be the most of anyone that I've ever talked to on this podcast. Like Craig Alexander, really? <laughs> Craig Alexander do, would do four weeks at about thirty-eight to forty hours, and and that was the most. But yeah, if you did that okay. for eight weeks, then then you now hold the title. <laughs> I don't want to hold that title. I don't, I I, um, I I just thought that uh, everyone does it, and um, um, especially if you're in your training camp, uh, you can focus simply on that it, it just makes a big difference i don't think that uh, the even the uh the the top age groupers they yeah they don't have the chance to do it and um they they don't need to do it so um yeah but i have to say uh it changed a little bit with uh, uh changing to the more scientific approach uh, where more intensity uh, came in so um, yeah, maybe it was a little bit different back in 2017. Well, that's what I want to talk about because the way you were training made you the first man ever to break eight hours at, at the Ironman World Championships and a two-time world champion and you won as a defending champion, which not many people have done in the history of Kona, as you know more than anyone. What, what inspired you to change coaches? Why did you change coaches? And what are the changes that the, 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 the new coach has made rel- relative to Farris? Um, 2019 was, uh, was a really different year for me. So, um, 
looking back, um, it's, it's always a little bit hard because um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. Um, she she was finding the whole year with that, and um, that really wasn't wasn't easy um, for me. Um, I didn't um, say something in in the public because <laughs> I also knew that uh, you know my mom was also reading the the newspaper and the media, the triathlon media, and um, I wouldn't I, I I didn't want to say. Uh, I, I'm my performance is is struggling because I'm I'm just uh, digesting what what's happening with my, with my mom. I cannot focus on sport really um, because you know I don't I didn't want to put her in a in a in an even like worse uh, mood uh, if you know what I uh, try to say. Um, so I kept this. What what really was. Um, a big issue for me. I, I kept this out of out of the public, and um, um, yeah, just had just had a horrible year, um, uh, and um, the <laughs> the cherry on the cake <laughs> in a, in a bad way was was the DNF in in Kona, where I got really really sick uh, in the days. Uh, leading into the race and uh, got like little blackouts um, on the way uh, to Harvey was was just um, yeah really really bad and um, this 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 last year uh, with um, with Ferris uh, as a coach was was not was not easy uh, for for both of us. And um, um, uh, we we decided to um, to to that that I just need to to try a different approach and um, also try to uh, or need to work on 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 my uh, uh, mental um, abilities and uh, we're so we decided to to split ways and still are good friends talk every uh, every uh, now and then and um, um, we 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 um, split with with the feeling that we uh, have achieved um, <laughs> so much more than we ever expected um, for example he <laughs> when I when I approached Ferris for the first time, uh, he said to me, oh, "If you're looking into someone who, uh, who wants to make you, uh, uh, who you do, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> who wants, uh, um, if you want, if you're looking for someone who makes you a world champion, then I'm the wrong person for it." <laughs> so. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> so we definitely, we definitely, uh, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, accomplished much more than we ever dreamed of so uh, it was a great time we're still great uh, good friends and um, I'm, I'm really grateful to to have worked with Ferris and um, more than thankful for for everything that he he has done uh, for me and um, yeah no but at the end of 2019 
um, he also offered me to um, to end the, the the relation, and uh, he said like it's it's uh, probably both for uh, best for both of uh, us. And um, yeah, something you said inside that, Patrick. And hey, I'm sorry to hear about your mum. By the way, I didn't know that at the time, and I had this gut feeling that something was off with you at Ironman Germany that year or Frankfurt that year when. All of the hype in the lead-up was Jan Fredino, yeah. Sebastian Keenley, Patrick Lang. You were the informed triathlete in the year and they went on to have one of the – probably their single best battle that they ever had as rivals and and you were mm-hmm. 45 minutes back, maybe more, and and I just thought something's not right there. And Oh, mate, yeah. I, I wasn't thinking anything like that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, that I don't – like Frankfurt is, is, is like the worst – of examples for for that um because my i i I grew up um uh, pretty close to frankfurt and um uh, i remember this year um she got uh chemo uh, therapy on this weekend in frankfurt and for me it was like (laughs) Imagine your your mom is treated in a in a hospital, like a kilometer down the road, and you have to go to a um, to a press conference. You're not allowed to say what what what's really going on in your mind. And you know, I I went to to see my mom um, just literally before the press conference, waited with her until like last minute. Got in the car, drove, drove to the to the press conference, and now like you're in this press conference, and you, you need to bang your chest and say, oh, "I want to win this race," and blah, blah 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 blah, all that shit, you know. And it's, like I was, I was going into that race and thinking, "Fuck that! I don't want to be here." Like this is this is fucking nonsense. That that, that there there are so much, there there is so much more importance stuff to do right now than than doing just this, this Ironman here so don't, don't get me wrong like still grateful to to do what I what I do but the the context like with a with a dying mom and I was the the, the running course literally we were running past the hospital where my mom got treated chemo <laughs> And it was it was not bearable for me. It, it was um, tough, really, really tough. Yeah, um, man, I'm not a very emotional guy, but like I love my mum, and you can clearly you love your mum as well. And oh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I can't, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, was, that's was tough, yeah. That's the was side really of tough. side of professional sport you don't really see much, and oh, mate, making me a bit emotional thinking about that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, fuck. I'm I'm sorry you you went through that, mate. But thank you for sharing that. That's super vulnerable from you, and yeah, I, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine. Um, something else you said there, Patrick, was that when when you and um, when you and Farris split ways, that the mental side of your game was something you had to work on um yeah what did you mean by that um the situation completely changed you know if you if you are a world champion 
And we also saw that in, um, I, I don't know what, what's, what happened, but for example, Gustav Eden, like the race after he won uh, a Kona DNF at 70.3 worlds. It's becoming an Ironman world champion is a, a big deal. And it's also a big deal mentally. You need, need to um, keep in mind that now you're, you're like on the top of the sport and everyone is watching you. Um, you, 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 you get all that great interviews and, um, and you, you earn a little bit of money. And in, in Germany, maybe it's also um, a bigger deal after, uh, you know, we, we had Sebi and Jan winning um, three times in a row. Now I was there winning two times. So we have like five um, 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 uh, world championship titles in a row. So uh, as, a, as an Ironman world champion in Germany, you, you're kind of, yeah, you're, you're kind of a big deal. I, I became, 2018, I became sports person of the year, like from all sports, uh, which is, I think it's, it's mind blowing. And if you remember from, from where I came, uh, pretty much out of, out of nowhere, it was, it was um, um, and tough for me to, to get used to that situation and, and, and uh, digest everything that, that's happening. So it just need, needed also time, um, time to uh, grow into the new role uh, the new role in the sport, in the society, into it, it just needed needed time and a little bit of guidance. And um, I think um, also kind of developing your your personality, um, um, not pretending to be someone that you that you are not and. Uh, for that, I, I found that this the the this mental coach um, coaching that really helped me a lot to 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 be asked the the right questions. Um, you know, all of a sudden, I was I was just reflecting over the talks that we we had or that I had with with Stefan on on the long bike rides, and it just helped to to process everything and channelize, you know, um, emotions and also uh, where I see myself as a, as a person, um, 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 the, the story with, with my mom um, to, to get over uh, this and, um, you know, find, find focus again. And so looking at, at where you're at now, so you're obviously, it's 2023, um, your, your two Ironman World Championship wins were in 2017 and, and 2018, so we're, we're five years on from that. You went through the, the highs of that and then the, I don't want to call them lows, but I mean the lows of, of your mom and, and a little bit yeah. of a, you know, like you still, you've still had some great results that I don't want to, I don't want to pretend haven't happened. Like you've still had, since then you've still had a career most people could only dream of, but relative to that high standard you'd now set for yourself is not quite mm. at the same level. 
where do you think you're at now mentally and physically and with the way you're training and do you, what, what what do you think you can still do in this sport first of all i'm happy um i'm i value every day i can be in the sports um, i'm i'm happy to do what i love most um i i see that i can uh have an impact uh with my role in the sport so uh um, being um an inspiration for 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 younger um generations for kids um to to receive um fan um mail with with like um five year old uh, girl drawing a, a picture with you know her as in a in a triathlon and um and the mother writing that she she is into triathlon because of you it's just that it, it, it gives me so much and so much energy so um it's it's yeah i'm i'm, I'm really grateful to <laughs> to to do what i do and um also don't to i don't have the feeling that i need to prove anything to anyone anymore uh that that also helps um um mentally and um i at, at the moment you know it's uh i think it's a great great time for the sport it's 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 developing fast it's uh it's a great dynamic um in on the on the professional scene at the moment and um i think uh i'm i'm also really motivated to uh to to, to develop myself and um uh, yeah i think uh, the latest ironman in israel sh have, have, have shown that um yeah i'm i'm <laughs> uh i'm i'm probably one of the more experienced guys but definitely not not an old uh you know uh, not old right now and have um a couple more good years in my body and I want to um, get the most out of it and um, yeah I can really appreciate uh, that much more than, than maybe in 2019. Other races too like your 2021 Challenge Roth is one of the most underrated not talked about races that a person in triathlon has ever done like that was an insane race that you didn't get enough credit for at the time you still don't get enough credit for you won that in as impressive impressive fashion as as anyone's ever won a race and i personally just wanted to congratulate you on that because i feel you didn't get enough props for that at the time it was <laughs> it was such a fantastic race and even your kona Thanks. this year like it was hard mate it was hard if you weren't in that league group with the motorbikes and and you know the group benefit but you ran 241 and, and had an amazing performance at kona that this year this year to, well, last year 2022 now to finish 10th and i still thought that was an amazing race as well and and obviously your ironman israel with your 230 marathon record marathon uh, ironman marathon record which got a lot of press yeah. and you got a lot of love for rightfully so you you talked about where triathlon's at right now you've talked about your new coaching um uh philosophies and principles that you're working under being more scientific we're in the the age of the science-based training approach with the norwegians and you know chelsea sadaro with dan plues and um jan Fredino and lucy charles and arn Haag with dan larang and 
do you mm. think that the training you and your coach are doing is very similar to what all these other guys are doing at the top of the sport now in in the way it's um it's super scientific or you know everyone's using lactate everyone's doing a lot of testing everyone's training at very specific zones based on this testing yeah i'm absolutely sure that we are doing uh everything um everything that we can and everything right and um you know what's what's funny I obviously have a lot of contact to most of the athletes you you just named, and uh, the funny thing is, I always have the the feeling that we all train the same. <laughs> you know, for me, it doesn't make a big difference if you run like uh, five times one um, k, um, or if you run uh, ten times five hundred meters. Um, for me, the bottom line is that I think everyone is training more or less the same and um of course now there's a big hype um about uh lactate measurements and stuff like that mate we we were doing that 10 years ago there's nothing new about it <laughs> so um, um uh, yeah i think um the, the training methods uh definitely developed but at the end everyone is training the same and don't get me wrong, like, I, I don't think that uh, there's a massive difference. This week, I used my form smart goggles while I swam five times. That's crazy for me because I don't remember the last time I swam five times in a week. I was always a once or twice a week swimmer because honestly, I found it really hard to get motivated and a little bit boring. But like I've talked about before on here, my form goggles have literally changed swimming for me. They make training so much more interactive, more fun. They keep me accountable and I'm so bloody motivated swimming in them because I can see the pace I'm swimming for each rep and average for my entire set. I did a session this week of 10 times 100 meters um, in 120. I think it was last Thursday and I always go out way too hard and I'm completely dead by about the fourth or fifth rep. But being able to see my pace has made it so much easier to hold that exact pace I want to swim per 100 meters without doing my first one like five seconds too fast and then completely blowing out and being five seconds too slow for most of my reps later in the set. And then on the weekend, I, I sort of wanted to use like the fact that I have the pace on my goggles. So I did a fast 400 uh, and that's something I usually find almost impossible to pace and go out way too hard. But I wanted to do it um, because let, I just wanted to see if it, if it was easy or whether it, when you do something that's timed, it, you just naturally go out hard. But I wanted to hold 122 and it was on my goggles and I just held it the whole time. And I swam way faster than what I did about three weeks ago when I did the same thing without the goggles. Um, so that was a really good test to see if the form goggles do actually make me swim faster rather than just making things funner or make me a little bit more motivated. They, they really do. Um, because like as soon as it goes to 123 on the goggles, you just put in a touch more effort. And then when it went to like 120, you just put in slightly less effort. It's like so simple um, and sounds so obvious, but it, it really has made me a faster swimmer over those longer reps. And it's just all there in front of your eyes the whole time. It means that you don't have to wear your watch while you swim as well, which I absolutely hated. Like I used to hate having my big bulky Garmin on my wrist. I love my Garmin. I just didn't like it while I swim. Um, so this not having to wear the, the watch while I swam has been an absolute game changer for me as well. Trust me, 
Every single person who swims needs a pair of form goggles, particularly those of us who weren't lucky enough to be doing swim squads since we were five years old and have picked up swimming later in life. It just makes things so much easier. Head to formswim.com and get yourself a pair now. Use the code HTT15 for 15% off and using the code HTT15 also gets you a year's free premium membership, which has heaps of free swim programs um, or swim sessions on it. Using the HTT15 code not only gets you 15% off your goggles and the free premium membership, but it also, it helps the show. It supports the show. All details, again, will be in the show notes. A few quite quick fire questions, um, Patrick, about what your training is looking like at the moment. Um, so we're early into the 2023 season. You've just announced that you're going to race Challenge Roth in, you know, it's going to be the biggest or the second biggest or definitely, it's definitely in, in if you could count the biggest fields of this year, it's it's on the one hand you could count them in. It's, it's a massive race with most of the best Europeans in the world and a few really good um, people yeah. outside of Europe. With your training leading into that and then the back half of the year, what is the longest long run that you've done in your training recently? <laughs> you would believe me. <laughs> 90 minutes. Yeah, it's you're right. You just ran 230 <laughs> off the bike and and you mate most no, age groups no, no, no. in in in, tra- in training was 19 so 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, I know that's what I'm uh, saying. In in Compared to a lot of age groupers listening to this race, we they've probably ran that far or further in the last four weeks as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. What about what about bike ride? What's the longest bike ride you've done? Ooh, uh, longer. So um, um, uh, it was in Mallorca, five and a half bike uh, hour bike ride uh, through through the mountains. Just to stay on this for a little bit, something I noticed a lot in your training over your social media in the last sort of year or so is that you do seem to be doing a lot of riding in the mountains with some very high-level cyclists. Does that make up a lot of your training? Yes, uh, they're good friends. Um, and over the last uh, yeah four years that i have living in Austria, um, I was able to learn a lot from them. So uh, it's... It, it's fun. They're great guys. Uh, also, obviously, when they do their intervals, like um, <laughs> they they just fly away, and um, they're just great guys. They just turn around and pick me up again. <laughs> so um, it, it's 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 great fun to to ride with these guys, and um, obviously the uh, the average power really increased. Um, a little bit um, since since I'm training with them, and I do specific rides when I when I know that um, I'm, I'm so I, I'm not able to do my easy rides with them um, for sure. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a great um, opportunity to to have them uh, hear and learn from them. Can you take people inside? Who are these world tour professional cyclists that you're riding with? And can you then tell us what's the one session you remember where you saw them go off up the road when you guys were doing an interval session that blew you away the most? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so first of all, the guys are um, Gregor Mühlberger. He is writing for Movie Star Team. Um, then uh, we have Tobias Bayer. He is uh, writing for uh, Alpecin, um, the team from uh, Matthew van der Poel. And uh, Sebastian um, Schönberger. He was uh, writing for B&B Hotels and is now uh, has now moved to um i can't quite remember the name of the his health something they have an orange kit orange kit and felt bicycles uh, united i think united health uh, is the name it's it's a yeah, new team um and i remember one session <laughs> where gregor got really upset because someone stole his uh com <laughs> on our um uh a mountain just in front of our um, home you know it's like uh, our training mountain to say and our tra training climb and someone stole his his comment he said um i think five days before uh we, we had the right he said i will take back this com and i will do it so quickly that never ever someone is ever going to think about breaking it again and I was <laughs> like okay <laughs> good <laughs> so uh yeah we we met for the ride had a little warm-up and um then we 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 started this this the this this uh um, attempt to to break break the com and i said yeah okay i i just try to hang on to your wheel it's it's about uh yeah um the the, the old com i think was 28 minutes a uh, really steep climb and I said okay I tried to hang on your wheel as for as long as possible and um, so he started and I thought like that, 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 that can't be true like you cannot be <laughs> able to push that out and after one and a half minutes I literally <laughs> I was like I, I, I couldn't even drive uh, uh, right like in a straight line anymore I was so fucked <laughs> I, I was done completely like on his wheel and was no chance to follow at all and he flew up this mountain um, broke uh, the com by more than four minutes averaging for for 24 25 minutes I, I need to look it up in Strava and uh, he, he he pushed more more than 400 watts and he's 61 or 62 kilos as well oh. and i just thought that it was just mind-blowing it was just mind-blowing and, and 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 the most crazy um um um, um, um details always they they can they absolutely kill themselves fly up the mountain they turn around on top ride down and they can do it again. You know, they have such um, um, a high capaci capacity to recover fast from that high lactate intensity, which I'm I, I only can dream of. You know, if I do um, a sprint, I have ten minutes. I have the, the, this this high lactate volume. So if I if I go over my let's say seventy point three pace. Um, I have really a problem to to digest the lactate, but they these guys they're just they're pushing 
they take two deep breaths and they can do it again. And this is really something I, I think it's, wow, it's mind blowing. Is there something you can learn from that or a way that they're training and have trained that you could take away to make you a better cyclist for long distance triathlon? Um, I think a lot. Uh, it, 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 it starts with bike handling. You know, when we first um, um, started to ride together, these guys, they literally have to wait uh, for minutes. Um, we live, obviously, we live in Austria. We have um, uh, really nice mountain roads and we have also really nice, nice mountain downhills. So um, they, they had to wait all the time for me. Um, and uh, when the downhill was finished and um, I was able to follow their lines, see how they move on the bike, how they balance um, um, the weight, how they brake, when they brake, how they steer the corners. Um, uh, that helped massively, like also tactically, like when we are riding in the group, we... Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not typical triathlete anymore. So um, they are they are literally riding, riding uh, and, and then the handlebars are touching and they're not like scared. It's just absolutely normal. They push themselves a little bit with, with the shoulder or, or with the hip and they are not, a, they are just technic, um, 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 technically so, well um, uh, um, uh, rounded that you know it's it's yeah and and a little bit of that I learned you know so um, I think it made me uh, technically a much much better rider um, the other thing that really stands out for me is the focus um, how they approach uh, the, the the sport the commitment. Um, we as triathlete, we are self-organized. I'm, I'm my own boss. I can decide uh, whether I race a race or not, how I feel uh, in, in the for training, for racing, um, etc. They have a completely different structure. Um, they, they are a team organized. Um, they, they need to race. They are um, abroad for... Yeah, 70, 75% of the year racing with, with, with this commitment. And um, I always have the feeling that they, yeah, that they are so committed to the sport and so focused and um, um, they, and also they, they rely on their team so much. So they, this 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 team effort um, also was was really inspiring to me. They uh, they are not the team captains, but they they would give everything for their team captains to win. And um, yeah, in in a smaller amount, uh, I think that's also a cool takeaway from for for our for us as triathlete because I think uh, with time it it got more and more of, of a team sport, but our team is more in the background. And um, yeah, it was, I think it's, it's great to see uh, 
yeah, how they manage it. And I think I learned um, a lot. Uh, yeah, just a lot from them. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to think that if that's what those guys are capable of and you're one of nowadays, you are you would be. If we put every long course triathlete on the bottom of a hill and it was a 30-minute hill, like a steep 30-minute hill, you wouldn't be, you would not, If and we raced, you wouldn't be far from the front of that race. You would not be far from the front of that race and you couldn't keep up with uh, these guys for a minute and a half. It's pretty crazy yeah. to think how good the top of the sport is. If you've got to think about it, Tade Pogacar and Jonas Vinegard at the tour last year would probably do that same thing to these guys where a minute and a half of them going max, they probably would feel exactly how you did. It's a, it's a crazy sport at the top end of it, professional cycling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But also, yeah, some, some T-days are, um, are not as professional as they look sometimes so they also have their their problems inside of the team and um yeah do you train with any other professional long course triathletes who you race against or are you not at all training with triathletes no um i'm (laughs) i'm uh i'm not the 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 athlete who who loves to train alone that much so um i will always try to have some athletes around me, um, for example, just went to a camp to in St. Moritz and was training with Maurice Clavel for, for these 10 days. Uh, we had great fun. Um, and um, back home in Salzburg, um, I'm training with the National um, Triathlon Federation. So uh, we, have, we have a little swim squad here um, that meets five times a week um, at seven in the morning. And to be honest, I wouldn't be able to, to, to swim seven times, uh, uh, five times at seven in the morning if, if it wasn't for the, for the squad. You know, it's, uh, it's just a good, good thing for me to know that these guys, they are waiting at the pool and it starts at, at seven. Um, so it's a massive help, and no, I'm 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 trying to uh, to train with company um, as much as possible. Continue on the theme of of quick fire questions. Who do you consider the biggest rival you've had in your career? Jan Frodeno. <laughs> what is it about Jan Frodeno that makes you say that? Um, I respect Jan for for his amazing career and um i just think uh um it's uh looking back i think it's 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 great to to have been on my top of the game in a time period where also jan was at uh, the top of his game and so for me uh jan is definitely one of or not the greatest athlete uh, that the triathlon has ever seen. So uh, yeah, I, <laughs> we are both German. Uh, we 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 had these these great battles um, uh, on and off uh, the race courses, and um, yeah, I think that's yeah, I'm. I'm um, 
I'm grateful to 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 have uh, the chance to um, yeah to to uh, to to race against him and yeah there's yeah it's, it's been a great time. <laughs> What's your favorite shoe to run in? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the now band um, Adidas um, Prime X. And would here's another question: What's your favorite shoe to race in? Yeah, it's the same shoe. It's Prime X um, that I was running in Israel. Yeah, it's right. Uh, so you you chose to race in the Prime X instead of the Pro. Uh, yeah, obviously it's it's a, a fifty miller, millimeter uh um a sole compared to the 40 mil sole and uh it's just yeah it's just a little bit more efficient um a little bit more wobbly to be to be um, completely honest um so if i have a course with a lot of corners um as in Israel, <laughs> it was a little bit surprising for me. I, I just, I only brought the Prime X, and when I was running the course for the first time, I, I, I thought, oh, well, maybe, maybe it wasn't the best of ideas, but it turned out to be pretty good. Um, so, because you are standing so high, I, for me, it, it just, you know, the, the center of gravity is a little bit shifted because you're. Yeah, the 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 soul is so high. It makes it a little bit difficult to to um, steer it around, um, turn arounds and and corners. And the last question for me for the for the podcast, Patrick. It's again to go back to quite a detailed, specific training question. Um, I've loved the balance in in this conversation. Like, man, you made me a bit emotional midway through the podcast, getting to learn about you. I've loved hearing about. Um, the details that make you the person and the athlete you are, but I've also loved the the awesome de- detail you've you've let us inside in um, when it comes to your training specifically. It's it's had everything this conversation with you, um, but to to wrap it up on a really specific training question, can you can you just take me day by day, Monday to Sunday through your last week of training? A last last week, like yeah, this like, last yeah, week, the or, week just gone, the week just gone. Um, uh, of course you want to have like all the data. I can all of it. up my, um, so, uh, so let's say from Thursday to Thursday, let's do that. Deal? Okay. I was in St. Moritz, um, and it was minus 15 degrees. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is a good, good, good thing to have in mind. Um, so uh, Thursday to Thursday, we start with the 2nd of February. Um, we had, um, before breakfast, I did um, a 45 minute indoor ride with three times five minute at Ironman pace. Then I got onto the, so after breakfast, I got onto the uh, cross country skis. I did classic style um, cross country skiing. So um, you're in Australia, right? I have no idea about skiing, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know the difference in classic and skating style? No, it's Australia, Patrick. We don't don't have snow here. 
come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, uh, the yeah, the classic style. Um, oh no, the 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 skating style, uh, which I was doing for the most of the time, is like uh, like inline skating. You push your legs to the to the sides, and um, you have the the this long sticks, and obviously you have like that's why I love cross country skating. You have um, a whole body um, uh, training. So you push with the sticks, you have like the swim movement, you have a lot of core stability. And um, for me, the, the skating technique is really good for uh, your, uh, for the back chain, uh, for your glutes, for your hamstrings, and it's good for, uh, for bike power. And on the other side, you have the classic style technique where you have um, almost a running style technique on skis, again, with the long sticks in, in your hands. So good upper body training. And also you have under the ski, you have like a little um, resistant panel where you can grab the snow and push it to the side. So uh, uh, from from the front to the back so you have like um like a running movement on the snow i i don't know how to describe it so anyways i did the classic style technique um uh, for one and a half hours and i had a 45 minute easy run <laughs> then uh the next morning i had a, a long run one hour and 30 minutes pace was four minute 17 seconds um, again altitude and snow then we had one hour strength training and 4k swim saturday was uh, again before breakfast an hour on the indoor trainer with three times six minutes then we were skating uh, cross-country ski skating style uh, for two and a half hours and we had in the evening a one hour 15 swim 4.3 kilometers Sunday was a three hour skating uh, cross country skating um, session and normal endurance um, plus an hour strength training and a quick swim for 3.2 kilometers with a little bit of intensity on mondays we had uh, or i was doing two hours classic style uh, cross-country skating and i was in the pool for 3.8 kilometers on tuesday <laughs> i was in the pool for 4.3 kilometers I did one and a half hours indoor training with uh, six, six times three minutes uh, at 330 watts. And I had a little run for 30 minutes. And then the next day was Wednesday. We were swimming in the morning. Uh, met uh, lovely Daniela Reef had a swim with her for 4.1 kilometers 
we've been on the cross-country skis for two hours and I had a run for an hour. And the last day, which was also travel day, um, was yesterday. We were just uh, easy skating for two hours. Just really, really easy. And um, straight after that, uh, I was in the car for four and a half hours and drove back to Salzburg. That was my last week of training. <laughs> Not only have you, do you now hold the, the, the title or the trophy of the, the longest uh, training block, like the biggest training block anyone in how they train history has said they've done with your eight weeks in a row leading into Kona at 35 to 40 hours a week every week. But you now also hold the, the other title of the most cross-country skiing done in a single training week <laughs> in how they train yeah. history. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a... Unfortunately for you, I, I always had the feeling that um, this alternative training style of cross-country skiing gave, uh, gave me a lot of just strength and, and, and core stability and I always had the feeling that coming out of a lot of cross-country skiing in winter, January, February, made me simply a better athlete. And I always had um, uh, the best results in, in summer when I was doing cross-country skiing in winter. So uh, fingers crossed that it's like that um, also this year. Well, Jan, Jan Fredino is famous for that. You're famous for that. Daniela Reef's famous for that. What's that? That's 10 Konas between you three. The Norwegians do that. I mean, I, I don't know, mate. There might be something to that. Yeah. I mean, we, we could ask Norwegians if they do a study about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you take your lactate while you're cross-country skiing, Patrick? <laughs> oh, no, mate. No, 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 no. Oh, that's uh, funny. Hey, yeah. Patrick, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, yeah, uh, you know you know how big a fan I am of you and this chat was amazing. Seriously, like thank you for being vulnerable in the chat and, and taking us inside who you are as a person, um, the highs and lows of your career and just just being a good person. You have some of the most fun, bubbly energy in triathlon and, mate, some of the best memories I have of, 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 of Kona are watching you contagiously you know, break down with emotion crossing the finish line in, in your three podiums there. And, mate, keep being who you are because the people who follow you, they love you because you are who you are. So absolute privilege and, and honour to have you on this podcast, Patrick. Seriously, like I mean that. And, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much. And uh, every time again. <laughs> have a good rest of your day, Patrick. Thank you. You too. Bye. See you, mate. Like I've been saying the past few weeks, if you're a triathlete and you're in Australia, you have to sign up to race Hell of the West on March 26th. Hell of the West is easily one of Australia's best long course triathlons. The swim is two kilometers, the ride's 80 kilometers, and the run is 20 kilometers. It's in Gundawindi in Queensland, so the weather will be nice and sunny, probably about 25 to 30 degrees. It's ran by local volunteers, but you go there and it feels exactly like a race organized by one of the bigger companies. It's been around for 32 years, so I guess it's really no surprise. It's so much cheaper than the bigger races as well, despite having the exact same feel. Like it literally just feels like you're at one of them, but it only costs $250 to enter. So it's pretty much half. Although 
That price ends on February 25th and becomes $300. So make sure you enter before then to make the most of that. With the race being almost full, accommodation is actually getting a little bit hard to find. There's plenty of camping spots around if you and like your family or your friends want to make a weekend out of it. Um, And if you Google places to stay and ring them up, you might find something. But even if you can't, just make sure that you go and follow Hell of the West on Instagram. Support a local race that is doing so much to support Australian triathlon. They don't make that much money. It's 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 like ran by volunteers who don't make any money from it. There's no big company making heaps of money out of you and constantly increasing prices just to make money and not really give you much more for it. So yeah, go and follow them on Instagram and consider locking them into your race calendar for next year's races and getting accommodation nice and early. Seriously, it's just one of those Australian triathlons you have to do as an Australian and it feels bloody good to be there and support the locals. 